Good morning. It is a blessing to be with you this morning. I have never actually physically been here in this space before, but I worked with Keith before he came here uh, at Skyland. So I feel a real connection there. And also, I guess Rob Blackburn was here last week with you, Michael, and and um, is it Hudson's um, family. So he is my mentor, one of my mentors in ministry. When I was at Central 15 years before, I felt the call into ministry. So I certainly feel a connection with, with the people of this church. So um, thank you for having me. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, Lord, be acceptable to you, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So I don't know about people in Waynesville, but those of us in South Asheville have a hard time discerning what is a weed and what is a flower. Take, for instance, Queen Anne's lace. Is that a weed or is that a flower? What do you think? <laughs> and chicory, you know, the, the purple flower that grows on the side of the road. People used it to make coffee, weed or flower. And who is to decide that? Master gardeners or the person, the homeowner? Well, according to Google, which, you know, of course, is the end-all be-all for resources, right? <laughs> it says that it is up to the eye of the gardener to determine what is a weed and what is a flower. Anytime I see Queen Anne's lace or chicory or any of those wild flowers I think about that conundrum and I think about this parable that was just read so this gardener has planted wheat in the field and during the night an enemy comes and plants weeds weeds among the wheat and as the plants begin to grow the worker offers to pull up the weeds but Jesus says, no, you let the weeds and the wheat grow together. And that's up to me to determine what we pull up and what we leave. Now, the common interpretation of this story is that this is about some future. You know, when, when God will determine who's worthy of the kingdom and who is not. But since Jesus reminds us that the kingdom is not just in some future, but the kingdom is also now. What could this parable be telling us about our time and place now? Well, an interesting thing to note about weeds and wheat in that time and still is that there is a weed called darnel that looks a whole lot like wheat when it's first growing. So you really can't tell the difference between wheat and darnel weed when it's young. In other words, you couldn't tell what is good and what is bad. So now let's think about that in terms of our own life, our own circumstances. Sometimes we are really good at weed whacking, aren't we? We love to label people or circumstances as good or bad. Let's be honest, when we're driving down the road and there's 
a car in front of us, how quick we are to judge that driver, especially if their bumper stickers are ones that we would not put on our car, right? (laughs) And what about in the grocery store when that mother is yelling at her child? We're so quick to jump to conclusions about people and also circumstances. Oh, it's terrible that she failed that test. Oh, it's wonderful that he got that promotion. Oh, it's terrible that they didn't get into that school that they wanted to get into. And on and on, we label our circumstances as either good or bad. But this parable, it reminds us that we are not the judge. Richard Rohr recently shared a meditation that I wanted to share with you about this parable that gives us insight into being compassionate both and people rather than either or. He says, with injustices and crises in every part of the world, many of us are asking ultimate questions about good and evil. Where do the weeds come from? Where does evil originate? Why do people do such harmful things? He goes on to write, I ask this at least a dozen times a day. And yet Jesus says something that, will, that I never heard when I was young. Let the weeds and the wheat grow together. Wow, that's risky. I can't pretend to logically understand it. Although... I know it allows me to be compassionate with myself. After all, I am also a field of weeds and wheat, just like you are, and just like everything is. Everything is a mixed bag, a combination of good and bad. We're not all weeds, but we're not all wheat either. We have to learn even now, to accept and forgive this mixed bag of reality in ourselves and in everyone else. He goes on to say, if we don't, we normally become very angry people. Our world is filled with a lot of angry people who have not accepted the weeds within themselves. So Roar is reminding us that we aren't the judge of people. And maybe we, we, aren't, we aren't meant to be the judge of situations either. There's a, a Taoist story that you may have heard called The Horse That Ran Away. And it points to this truth. There's this farmer. And I thought when Carolyn started sharing the children's message, like, oh no, she's going to tell the same story. <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> But in this Taoist story, there is this farmer and his son, and they have this stallion that helps them with their work. Well, one day this stallion runs away, and the neighbor says, Oh, that's terrible that your horse ran away. And then the farmer says, Maybe, maybe not. Well, then one day they find the horse, And he comes back with a whole bunch of other horses that are wild and untamed. And the neighbors say, oh, that's so wonderful. Your horse is back. And he brought other horses with him. And the the farmer says, maybe, 
Maybe not. And so then the boy, the son of the farmer, gets on one of these wild mares one day, and he's trying to train this horse, and he falls off, and he breaks his leg. And the neighbor says, oh, that's terrible. You know what the farmer said? Maybe, maybe not. Well, a few weeks later, the soldiers from the National Army, they march into town, and they're recruiting all the able-bodied boys in the town for the army. They didn't take the farmer's son because he was still recovering from his injury, to which the neighbors said, Oh, you are so fortunate. What a blessing. To which the farmer says, Maybe, maybe not. So the moral of this story is that we can't see the big picture. We can't always say what is good or what is bad. What should be pulled up and what should be thrown away. And what is worth keeping. You remember in the garden, that first garden in Eden. Do you remember the tree that we were not to eat from? I wonder if there's a connection here. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We are not meant to be the judge because we have a limited perspective. We can't see the big picture. Only God can. We look at people and circumstances and we want to pluck up all the weeds in our lives. And Jesus says, hold on. You don't see the big picture. Don't be so quick to judge what to keep and what to throw away or dismiss. Let me take care of that and you do your part in throwing the seeds out. You be that sower. I believe that's what Pastor Rob talked about last week. And you, let, you leave it up to me. You just water the garden. Only time will tell the whole story. And looking at it from a little higher perspective, no one of us will live long enough to see that entire story of human history played out. So we trust in the one who does see the big picture. I think about my own life and a profound comment that my adopted-from-birth son made one day. We were riding down the road, and I was sharing with Mark that he had some siblings in heaven. Um, I had miscarried twins before he was adopted, and he was in the back seat. I, know, I don't remember how old he was, but I remember he was young enough to where he was still in the back seat in a car seat, so he was young. And he thought about what I had said. And he said, Mommy, I don't mean to be mean, but I'm glad you didn't have those babies because if you had, you might not have had me. Whew, whoa. <laughs> you know, it was one of those moments where I felt like Yoda had inhabited my child. <laughs> I pulled over. <laughs> And I looked at him and I reminded him of the blessing that he was. 
And I thought about the truth of how one of my greatest moments of pain led to one of my greatest blessings. And my child reminded me of that truth. Whew. Often in our lives, we can look back and we can see how something that was so painful or something that was so hard, that there were blessings in it. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that there are some situations that happen to us and people that we love and around the world where there is nothing that we can see redeeming about it. And God forbid we try to tell someone in the middle of pain, oh, something good's going to come out of this. That's, that's definitely not the point. But the good news is that we have a God who is in control and that we can trust to redeem the crosses in our lives. Our God showed us that through that cross. The power that God has to redeem we're part of a much bigger picture than we can imagine. A story that's filled with purposes for our lives and for those around us. Sometimes we can't see that. So one of the biggest challenges we face, especially when we can't see anything but weeds, is that we have a God that we can trust in who is creating purposes for our lives every day. Remember what Jesus said, don't try to go around pulling up all the weeds. That's my job. You just remain faithful. You water those seeds and trust. Because we can't see the big picture, but what we can believe in is that our God loves us and we are Easter people. There's a poet named Theodore Retke who wrote a poem called Long Live the Weeds. Long live the weeds that overwhelm my narrow vegetable realm, the bitter rock, the barren soil that forced the son of man to toil, all things unholy marked by curse, the ugly of the universe, the rough, the wicked, and the wild that keep the spirit undefiled. With these, I match my little wit and earn the right to stand or sit, hope, look, create, or drink and die. These shape the creature that is I. These shape the creature that is I. Retke points to the fact that so-called weeds in our lives can be the very things that strengthen us. We can look back in hindsight and see how those events that were so difficult shaped us. It's one of the life's paradoxes, isn't it? The tough times are what often build our character. But what a challenge it is to see that perspective when we're right in the middle of the weeds. We come from a long line of people throughout Scripture who were filled with so-called weeds in their lives, yet God used those moments to shine God's light. Think about King David. 
His affair led him to his knees to understand the depths of God's forgiveness. And Moses, his physical impairment led him to show people the depths of how much you can trust in God to provide when he felt totally inadequate to do the job. And of course, this symbol that is most often used to represent our faith in Jesus Christ was the most evil symbol there was out there of execution. And God redeemed that for his glory. Barbara Brown Taylor, she's one of my favorite writers and pastors, she writes her own twist on this parable. She says, one afternoon in the middle of the growing season, a bunch of farmhands decided to surprise their boss and weed his favorite wheat field. No sooner had they begun to work, however, than they began to argue. First, about which of the wheat-looking things were weeds, and then about the rest of the weeds. Did the Queen Anne's lace belong there, or did it pose a threat to the wheat? And the blackberries, could they be taken up, or should the berries stay? After all, we can eat them. They'd be ripe in just a few weeks. And the honeysuckles. Oh, it seemed a shame to pull up anything that smelled that sweet. About the time they had gotten around to debating the purple asters, the boss showed up and ordered them out of the field. Dejected, they did as they were told. Back at the barn, he took their machetes away from them, poured them some lemonade, and made them sit down where they could watch the way the light moved across the field. At first, all they could see were the weeds and what a messy field it was. What a discredit to them and their profession. But as the summer wore on, they marveled, marveled at the profusion of growth. Tall wheat surrounded by goldenrod and ragweed and black-eyed Susans. The tares and the poison ivy flourished alongside the Cherokee roses and the milkweed, and it was a mess, but it was a glorious mess. And when it had all bloomed and ripened and gone to seed, the reapers came. Carefully, gently, expertly, they gathered the wheat and made the rest into bricks for the oven where the bread was baked. And the fire that the weeds made was excellent. And the flour that the wheat made was excellent. And when the harvest was over, the owner called them all together, the farmhands, the reapers, and all the neighbors, and broke bread with them. Bread that was the final distillation of that whole messy, gorgeous, mixed-up field. And they all agreed that it was like no bread they had ever tasted before. And it was very, very good. Let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And now we'll prepare to eat that glorious bread. Amen. <laughs>